You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, happy Friday, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, December 9th, episode 3076, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. Hello, this is Monica calling from Vermont, and I have a little holiday tune for you. Please forgive my terrible singing voice. Here we go. Slogging through my chores in the barn on a snowy day. Player tune to him, laughing all the way. Ha, ha, ha. Jamie's telling tales of horses' escapades. Oh, what fun it is to hear and while the day away. Oh, HRN, HRN, you truly are the best. How I love Jamie and Glenn and all the hosts and guests. Oh, HRN, HRN, variety of podcasts. Oh, what fun it is to hear. I hope forever it lasts. Happy holidays. Well, that was Monica Raymond, one of our auditors. Thank you, Monica, for that. We hope it lasts, too. The Um, fact that she still likes me after she spent two weeks here doing a clinic with me, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I even know if I'd like you after two weeks. Listen anymore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for that. We have such talented auditors, and you still have your chance to get your submissions in. I got a one or two this morning, and you can uh, go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the banner at the top of the page, and it gives you all the instructions for entering into the WinTech Saddle Giveaway, which will be happening very soon. So uh, you have until the 15th to enter. Today in the show, what everybody's been waiting for, we have Dr. Barry Miller on. He is director of the outreach at the Helmet Lab of Virginia Tech. He's going to give us all the details on the recent equestrian helmet testing report, which, uh, boy, this I checked the Chronicle article. It had 1,500 shares. It's the most shares they've had on anything all year, I think. I, I keep reading into it, just deep, taking deeper and deeper dives. So I'm excited for you to talk to him. We also meet Natasha from Show Me Riders Horse Club of Kansas City and talk about their horses for the holidays event. Plus, your horse's elf name and some really bad ads all coming up. And for auditors, hang on after the for the post show. We're going to talk about the top Google searches for the year. We do this every year, and it's kind of fun to guess what they would be and then be totally shocked. So uh, I wanted to play the latest. There's a couple of these out. I will put in the show notes the picture that you can determine your horse's elf name off of. So look in the show notes picture, and you'll find it at horsesinthemorning.com. So this is one of those where this one you have to pick your horse's color, breed, and first uh, letter of their name all gives you some answers. And I came up with the ones for Scooter and Nigel. All right, so Scooter's is perfect. It is so perfect. It absolutely fits perfectly. Sugar Buns, the Moody Butt Nipper. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect for him. And actually, Nigel's is perfect, too. Figgy Bottom, the Shy Halter... Let me try this again. Figgy Bottom, the Shy Halter Hater. 
Because they're both of them are always trying to take off their halters, so that's absolutely perfect as well. So uh, I love those two. It just fits. I did I did Zeus, oh, and good. I think I think his is appropriate as well. Uh, I went with the chestnut, even though he's a flax and mean tail. I'm sure that's some sort of other thing. But he's figgy bottom, the suspicious, perfect angel. Oh my and god, that, that is because <laughs> he thinks he's a perfect angel. He's my perfect angel. He's just this. <laughs> Hated by everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, well, those are perfect. If you want to play along, you can do that uh, by just going to horsesinthemorning.com, and you'll see the picture right there. You can can see what your horse's elf name is. I know these come out every year, and I just saw a different one this morning. So uh, there's a bunch of these floating around right now. All right, let's do Daily Winnie's. Well, I only have one auditor birthday this weekend, believe it or not. Ellen Ferrante, who is one of our biggest supporters over the years, hands down. Ellen, uh, we love you and happy birthday to you. And thank you for being such a big part of uh, our community and our family over here at the Horse Radio Network. We'd also like to thank some of our longest auditors. These people have been supporting us since 2014. Genevieve, Lynn, Andrea, Nancy, and Vera. Thank you for all your support. Now, that's not all of them, but that's a few of them. And we wanted to thank them for their support. We really do appreciate it. Well, I would like to issue an apology. Did you hear that? I just said that. Yeah, I know. So, let me write this down in the book of Jamie because it doesn't happen very often. My husband loves the segment that we do on Wednesdays uh, called Weird News. And that is where listeners submit weird news stories. And it's probably I the only thing them. he listens to. <laughs> yeah, that is. He just he goes right to that. That's his favorite thing. It's the only thing. It's not about horses, so he you know he can listen to it and enjoy it. And so I replayed him weird news from yesterday. And the first story I did was about a lady whose cat drug up a dead gator's head in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. And the listener had asked me to do it in a deep South accent, but I ended up because it was Wisconsin. I ended up doing it in a Wisconsin accent and oh, it was bad. I didn't realize how bad it was. And I just wanted to apologize to anybody in or associated with, with the state of Wisconsin who may talk like that because he was like, you like went Wisconsin and then New Jersey and then you slid into New York and a couple words were like German. I was like, I don't know what you just did. <laughs> So I try to perfect accents, but I'm terrible at them. So um, sorry about that. Also, Daily Winnie goes to Oki Strong. He was one of the horses I had here in training, and he got adopted yesterday and will go be a three-day event horse in Arizona. So I'm really excited for him. God, he's perfect. And then I got a new guy in yesterday that... Oh, he's one of the prettiest ones I've had in a while, and he is cool. His name is Come On Mike. And you know what happens when I have a horse named Come On Mike? He's in the arena. I'm like, Come on, Mike! <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Farmbo is like, uh, Are you going to say that? Like, the, I was like, The whole time. I'm going to say it every day, <laughs> all day. <laughs> Come on, Mike! <laughs> like oh, it the is best name. It is good. Yeah. 
Like, come on, come on, Mike. <laughs> All right, let's look up Mike's. Uh, let's look up Mike's elf name. Come on, Mike. Let's see what his elf name is. Okay, let's That's see his, what. Come yeah. on, Mike's elf name is. Let's see. What color he's, is he? He's dark bay, but we'll go with bay. Sugar buns. So sugar buns. The shy. Do you go with C or M? Uh, his first name. So. I'm gonna call it. He's the 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 shy scaredy cat. That's not appropriate because <laughs> no. he actually loaded perfectly and stood there for like ever while I had to go and get the other horse and do some other stuff. And I had a second horse come in that wouldn't load, and he just stood and she was like totally perfect. He, and he unloaded, and I just put him out. He's like just walks around like cool. All right. Well, we found an elf name that doesn't match. Then. Yep. <laughs> I would say he's more of a tinsel tail, the athletic. Uh, perfect angel. There you go. <laughs> we'll just make them up. We don't have to go by the chart. So I wanted to, you know, this is kind of like a daily winning too. I wanted to give a daily winning to the USEF. What? We never <laughs> say anything nice about the USEF. So today I'm going to say something nice about the USEF. The USEF does a Lifetime Achievement Award every year at their award ceremony, and they announced it yesterday, one of them. And we're so excited that one of them is a longtime friend of ours who we lost last year. Her name is Hope Hand. She's been on the show a million times. And uh, you all know her. She was the head of the para team here in the United States uh, for a very long time. She's the one that really built it. But uh, I wanted to just give Hope a little love here. You know, she began riding at the age of 10. And she didn't really discover paradressage. I didn't know this until I read this article. She didn't discover paradressage until she was an adult when her daughter Amy learned about the sport as part of a school project on the Paralympics. So she learned about it from her daughter, then got involved. But listen to how, a, you know, we know Hope as the head of the United States Para Association, right? That's how we know her, because when we met her, that's what she was. But she was a hell of a competitor. Um, she was the first alternate to the 1996 Atlanta Paralympic team and competed at the British Invitational in 1997, earning gold, silver, and bronze. Wow. In 1998, she was one of four paradressage riders competing on four separate teams with their able-bodied peers at the USEF Festival of Champions. Uh, she, she, at that Festival of Champions, her freestyle score broke the tie, earning the team the Bradshaw Challenge Cup. And then she was a member of the U.S. team competing at the World uh, Dressage Championships in 99, where she won a bronze medal. And she also competed at the 2000 Paralympics in Sydney, finishing fifth overall. She was a very accomplished rider. And in addition to that, she served on the USEF board and numerous committees. She was also president of the United States Paris Association. Without her, and this, I love the sentence because this is so true, and everybody that's a para in this country will tell you this, without her, a para equestrian sport would still be struggling for recognition, funding, and a place in the world stage. And now they are on the world stage. Um, so she was instrumental in transitioning paradressage into a FEI and USEF sport. So, you know, single-handedly, she accomplished more than all of us put together will accomplish in a lifetime. And, uh, you know, we've had her on probably since the beginning of the show. And I know since the beginning of the network, I met her during the 2010 World Equestrian Games. We did a, I don't know if you remember this, but we, 
with Hope and a couple of the para-riders, in like 2009, we went to Alltech. They had a TV studio at Alltech, and they donated the TV studio. This was pre-really streaming was a thing. You really need a lot of equipment to do it. It wasn't like it is today. And we went and we did a fundraiser, two-hour live uh, video fundraiser for the para team for the, for going to the WEG in Kentucky in 2010. I think we ended up raising I was $20,000-$30,000 that night, and it was all thanks to Dr. Lyons and Alltech donating the studio. Uh, Samantha hosted it. Uh, Samantha Clark hosted it, our friend, and uh, I just have such fond memories. We all had such a good time. They set up a green room for us. All of their staff, they had real cameras, like the real big TV camera type things. Uh, they did all of the, the the equipment. They they were all there. They donated their time. And it's one of the fondest memories I have of hanging out with Hope and the Paris was uh, before the 2010 World Equestrian Games. So this is well-deserved. And I'm so glad that the USEF decided to do this for Hope. That'll be a very emotional night. I don't know who's going to speak, but it's definitely going to be an emotional night for sure. So um, let's get to our first guest, what you've all been waiting for. Coming up is Dr. Barry Miller. He's Director of Outreach at the Virginia Tech Helmet Lab. Yes, they did the study that it came out and shook the uh, horse world. So we're going to talk to him and ask him the hard questions and see how exactly they did this study to get the results that they did. As I said, we have Dr. Barry Miller on, who's Director of Outreach at the Helmet Lab at Virginia Tech. You all know it because you've seen a thousand articles about it, and it's been shared a million times on Facebook. Well, first of all, thank you for taking time out to talk to us. I know you're being bombarded right now. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, and we're excited and happy to do this research and you know help promote safety and maybe improve how things are um, done right now. So we're excited for you guys. One, qu- I have a couple of questions before we get into the details. One is, did you expect this to go as viral as it? It's probably the most viral thing that's happened in the horse world this year. This is not uncommon um, when we release ratings. Um, when we did football, you name it, the sport, you know, people don't quite understand everything we did, and there's lots of questions and maybe a lack of clarity, and so this is not unusual. Um, And the biggest thing, you know, we're now testing helmets a little bit differently. We're including a rotational head metric, which has not ever been done with equestrian helmets to this point in time. As most standards don't use, or all the standards, they haven't started to use rotational metrics. So this is a big step forward. And so let's clarify that, too. You've done other helmets. This is the first time you've done equestrian helmets, but you've been doing helmets for years. Yeah, this is our ninth uh, star rating release. So obviously we started with tackle football, youth football, flag football, soccer, ice hockey, white water sports, snow sports, cycling, um, and now equestrian. We also have rugby on the forefront here getting ready to get done. So I think nine, nine ratings in total at this point in time. All right. So the well, one more question before we get to the basics is if people are freaking out. They're thinking that um, their helmet that they own wasn't one wasn't on the list. Right. Uh, so it mustn't be safe Two, uh, it's low down on the list. So they're going to die tomorrow. Um, so what do you have to say to that before we get into details? Yeah, this, you know, safety is an evolutionary process. If you think about auto safety, you know, we started with seat belts, just one single lap belt. Then they added the shoulder harness. Then they added crumple zones in the car. Then they added airbags. And then they added airbags everywhere, front, side, back, top. Then they added sensors to make sure you're wearing your seatbelt. 
and then, you know, cameras, and it, so it continues to evolve. Obviously, helmets are not quite as technical as a car, but if you think about where we've come thus far, so wearing a helmet was critical. That's step number one. And then step number two is wearing a helmet that is certified by one of these organizations, which basically tells you that you're safe from catastrophic head injury. And, you know, some of the certifications are different. There's a penetration test. There's a rigidity or crush test. Then, obviously, all the impact tests. And they basically, you pass those tests, and it basically tells you that, you know, you're safe from catastrophic head injury, which is the most critical of all things, right? Well, now this next phase is, can we also advance the helmets to help reduce concussion risk, which we know are still happen because they happen at much lower thresholds than catastrophic head injury. And we've seen this in the other helmet um, sports that we do or ratings that we do. So it's an evolutionary period, and it's going to be great for you guys in the long run. And so, yeah, your helmets are still safe for, you know, and keep you from you know, catastrophic head injury, which is the most important thing. But um, obviously, you know, in the auto world, there's lots of five-star rated safety car, safe cars, right? Are you going to want to get in an accident with a Fiat or a Ford F-150? So there's differences in how they attenuate and perform during different impact conditions. And so uh, we've evaluated helmets in kind of a similar way using our test, test methodology. So. So what is that methodology? Well, first of all, one of the questions that came up with a lot of people is, how did you determine which helmets to test? You tested 40 different helmets, but there's more than that in the world. So how did you determine? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, there's probably 300 models, at least um, internationally. We started this amazing, just an initial way, list. We have oh. 300 <laughs> helmets for horse people. Oh, it's yeah. Well, lots. it's a inter- very international sport. Right. And so lots of people around the world and different organizations and helmets and certification standards based on where they live. So 40 was the initial launch. I was shooting for 25 to 30 um, based on early projections, but we actually ended up with 40, which is really good. We're going to continue to add models, lots of models. We already have models in here that we didn't get a chance to test. So we're going to keep adding them. So it's not it's it's in perpetuity. We'll just keep adding them. New models will come out. We'll get them tested and rated. Um, but, you know, we had a few people help us figure out, you know, what are the more popular models, brands, and styles, and, you know, we tried to order as many as we could. There's lots of inventory problems, and, you know, we use four samples per model, and then at a certain size with the same finish, and so it's not always easy to get four of the exact same helmets um, for our testing, and, you know, by the time we would have got it, it would have been too late because we needed to launch this month, so, but... Uh, don't worry, we're going to keep adding helmets. Um, I've already got lots of people, you know, interested in telling me which helmets they'd like to get tested, and so we'll continue to do that and add them just like we do for all the other sports that we cover. How did you do the test? Did, were you there back there with a sledgehammer beating on helmets? <laughs> no, we don't. You don't use a sledgehammer. Okay, right, right. So, yeah. So the test protocol we use a pendulum impactor, which is a little bit different than some other um, bike helmets and snow sport helmets, where we use a drop tower. But we used the pendulum impactor, and that was determined from all the field tests we did. So when you do a field test, like uh, we went and dropped head forms at our equestrian facility on dirt, sand, and we evaluate and basically look at what does the time trace of that impact look like, right? So you're going to get a graph of, you know, when, you, when the head hits the ground, what do those accelerations look like? What's the shape of that curve? And so we try to match that curve with whatever we have or what, what we need to build in the lab. And then analyzing that versus the bike tower versus, you know, uh, a different type of head-to-head rig, the pendulum actually matched really, really well. And the pendulum is a great piece of equipment, test rig, because we get a real nice repeatable velocity based on how it's built. 
Um, it's in the methodology paper. If anyone ever wants to go there, it's under the technical documents. But, you know, we take the pendulum arm up, up, up to a certain angle for the velocity we want, and it's very repeatable. Um, and so that's, that's why the pendulum was chosen. Another reason why is, you know, we didn't see a huge tangential component to the falls that we analyzed. And the tangential component means, you know, if you fall directly to the ground and perpendicular, that's normal force. But if you also have a forward or horizontal velocity, there's a tangential component. So, so you hit your head somewhat at an angle, right? Yeah, and that's the way, well, you know, it's funny because you, I'm, this might, was my next question. Because when I fall off, you yes, you can whack your head straight on. But most of the time, you're sliding in some way, right? Your head is sliding yeah, on the ground. Yeah, so the 100 video, advanced video analysis we did, there wasn't a lot of that. There was some. Um, and so our test does have, we do have a couple tangential tests. Like, for example, our side impact is at 10 degrees, and then our front uh, location is at 20 or 30 degrees. So we do have an oblique test. It's not as severe as, say, our bike tower for snow sports and uh, cycling. You know, obviously, when you wreck on your bike, you probably have a lot more horizontal component than um, you do when you ride a horse because there's a lot of bracing when you fall from a horse. You know, you're holding on as best you can. And then when you hit the ground, oftentimes you're hitting your, your back, your side, your shoulder. And so by the time your head hits the ground, you know, that horizontal component has been greatly reduced. So, um, you know, we, we can always add things moving forward, but that's what we saw at this point in time, and we didn't have enough data to change anything. So we do have a little bit of tangential um, uh, components in two of our locations. Well, that brought up that brings up MIPS, because the MIPS technology was supposed to help with that, right? With the falls where your head is sliding or your helmet is turning, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Did you find, what did you find with the MIPS helmets? Was there a well, difference? We, well, we didn't, we don't have paired samples of MIPS and non-MIPS helmets. Okay. So we don't know for sure, but you know, these, all these rotational technologies, including MIPS, um, they're designed to help decouple your head from your helmet. Right. Right. So you want that, you want your helmet to move a little bit independently before it takes your head with it. And that, what that does, it increases impact duration time, and that will flatten out these peak linear and rotational acceleration curves, as well as maybe limit or reduce some of these head movements, you know, the rotational movements. So we are testing, you know, we use a noxy head form, which is rubber, um, you know, attached to your head. So the coupling is fairly tight. Uh, there's other head forms out there. I know MIPS generally likes to use a hybrid three head form, which is a little bit tackier and higher friction. And so it, it may depend and very well does depend, you know, based on our research because our bike tower, you know, we do some testing. So it may be dependent on, you know, whether MIPS is effective or not on whether or not or what type of test rig you use. So pendulum versus the drop tower. So what type of, what type of oblique uh, impacts are you doing? Are you doing a 45 degree or are you doing t 10, 20? Do you have a full head of hair? Hair and scalp actually provide a natural slip plane was, and help decouple your that. head from your... That's right. <laughs> so, right, as you wiggle your helmet, if you have a full head of hair, your, your helmet moves pretty easily on top of your head unless it's, you know, too tight. And so that's a natural slip plane and it helps decouple the helmet from your head, which is really important, right? And so... The location of that impact, the energy of that impact, you know, whether it's an oblique impact, et cetera, that may actually help determine how well does do any of these mitig rotational mitigating technologies work and do they 
enhanced performance over and above a full head of hair, it's very difficult to determine that. And so, you know, our general stance is that we, we don't know for sure. Um, the test rig is going to make a difference. The head form, you know, some are really high in friction, some are lower. We don't use he- hair on any of ours because that's really hard to standardize. Um, well, yeah, everybody's and head so, of hair is different. So. Yeah, and yeah. so, and, you know, and we do have a tangential component in our testing. It's not as severe as our bike tower drop. Um, so if you look at our cycling tests, you know, the MIPS helmets tend to look, you know, do really well because that's a pretty severe oblique impact. And again, we're using a rubber head form, you know, attached to a helmet. So the coupling is pretty tight. You know, again, if you had hair and a scalp, you know, that might change things because it, you know, it naturally provides a slip plane. It makes it easier to decouple. So those are, you know, good questions, but, um, you know, that, that was our, that's our protocol and there's, you know, different ways to do things, but, you know, they all have slight differences and maybe in results as well, but, um. All right. Well, let's go to the next thing because I've fitted a thousand helmets in my time in retail mm. before I did this gig. Um, and one of the things obviously was fitting the helmets to the head shape. We got round heads, we have oval heads, we have egg heads, we have all kinds of heads. Uh, sure. And the big question was, and this came from the retailer's side, was it tested with different shape of heads and would that affect your results if you had teft? tested with dummies with different shapes of heads. How important is helmet fit to the head? Great question. I have a big head. So um, actually, my head is the medium-sized blue Noxie head form that we use. We use the Noxie head form. It's designed for sport helmets. And um, so we use that one. It's, we use the medium-sized head form. Um, and you want to, when you do testing and comparing helmets, you want to standardize, you know, whatever head form you use, unless you use all of them and do, you know, tests on each head form, but we use the Noxie head form. Uh, we found it's pretty biophidelic um, as far as the head form is available. I mean, it represents the human head pretty well compared to the other head forms that we n- know about and have tested. And so that's the head form we use. We fit it with a 58, about a 58 centimeter uh, head circumference. So that provides a, you know, slightly snug fit. Um, and, you know, we fit those accordingly. Uh, obviously, if we didn't, if it's not the right size, we'd go get the right size. Um, the important thing about fit is you don't want it to be so tight that it compresses any padding prior to impact. And the most critical piece for all helmet fitting is does the helmet stay in place just prior to that initial impact? So you don't want the helmet so loose that it's bouncing around and it's not in the right spot during an impact. And... You want it to be able to move upon impact, right? You want it to decouple from your head, right? So that is important. So the helmet shouldn't be overly tight because then it kind of limits what the helmet can do. We're talking fractions of a second. So, um, but all of our helmets, we use the Noxie head forms kind of long oval shape. Um, most of our research shows that, you know, that doesn't really matter as far as um, round or oval. Uh, we're evaluating, you know, what happens inside the head form with our fancy accelerometer package. Um, but yeah, fits, you know, everyone's head's a little bit different and it, you know, there could be some slight differences and based on your head shape and that exact location and energy of a given impact. But in general, that doesn't change the results, um, for, for the ratings and for the helmet performance as we compare them. Yeah. So worry less about, uh, you know, uh, you still need, you want a helmet that fits obviously for comfort too, because you know, your hair heads, uh, oval and you got a round helmet on, you're going to (laughs) suffer. So yeah. And you know, and and all the helmet manufacturers have slightly different shapes that they use. Right. And so, yeah, you want to find one that, you know, fits fairly well. You feel comfortable and, you know, if you're wearing it for a couple hours, you want something that fits. You don't want it too tight. You know, hopefully it, you know, fits around your whole head. And, you know, if you have kind of a long oval head, then you probably want kind of more of a long oval, 
you know, shaped helmet to fit your head better than if you had a round head. So, you know, it's like any other ball caps or hat you wear, you know, some just tend to fit better than others. So, yeah, you want to find something that you, that you like and it's comfortable and um, obviously then, it's, you know, obviously certified and hopefully highly rated. Okay, so now this comes from the retailers too. They got uh, mm-hmm. you know people calling and and coming in in the last two days, <laughs> saying my helmet's number twenty five on the list, and I just bought it last year, and I want a refund so I can get one that's number one, two, or three on the list. And you know they're trying to explain to them that your helm your helmet's certified by three different certifications, right? Um, right. It's, it's three <clears throat> times certified. It's fine. You're you're fine. And I think that's where people overreact with this kind of list. And uh, do you? agree with that or what what would you say absolutely i mean these certifications there i mean when these helmets pass and they may even surpass you know these thresholds because they're pass or fail and so and these are catastrophic head injury criteria so your helmet is safe and that's the most important thing to protect you from is you know skull fracture and death so your helmet's safe but as i mentioned in the, the first segment or the first part of our discussion it's an evolutionary component (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. That's okay. So then the next advancement to helmet protection is, can we actually further enhance concussion reduction with the next generation of helmets? So, you know, the helmets that are out there now, I mean, again, they're, they're safe for catastrophic head injury. Some did a little bit better as far as concussion risk. But I think moving forward, we're going to see, you know, a lot more advancements like we've seen in bike helmets, snow sport helmets, certainly football helmets. Uh, so... <laughs> Sorry. That's so, okay. You've been talking think, did a I, lot. <laughs> did, I, did, I get all, did I get all that in there? Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. Okay. Now, and I think the other thing that really surprised people, and surprised me too, and as I said, I've been doing helmets for a lot of years, uh, really surprised me was number one on the list was a $500 helmet. Number two on the list was a $60 helmet. The num- mm. The price range didn't seem to matter. Yeah, we see that often. Um, price does not always correlate with performance. <clears throat> but, you know, you, as you're shopping for a helmet, so what kind of riding do you do? That's going to be important, right? So if you're an eventer, high-level eventer, you know, the certifications that your helmet should have is probably different than if I'm an occasional, you know, ranch hand and I ride, you know, horses around the yard. And, you know, so I don't need that level of protection. But if you're in a high-level eventer, you probably want – you know, you probably need the rigidity. You want crush tests. You maybe you want penetration. And so the certifications that you're looking for, you might want all of those. You know, just say a really nice, robust helmet. So start with the type of riding you do. You know, how often do you do it? You know, if I only ride twice a year, you know, does it matter what kind of helmet I wear as long as it's, you know, past a certification? Probably not, right, because my exposure is so limited. But if I'm a rider and I ride all the day, you know, all the time and I'm a high level, I'm doing, you know, High jumps with high velocity, um, not horse racing per se. That's a little different. But, yeah, so maybe I want a more advanced helmet as far as the certifications go. And then, of course, you know, I want to look for one that's, you know, according to our ratings, it's the highest rated I can that you know, still has a good fit and it's in my price range. So those are all factors to consider when you're buying a helmet. So, so the point I, I think that we, we're trying to make here is that don't just look at your results. Those certifications still count. Your results do not override the certifications yeah we we uh we supplement those ratings right. or those certifications right. so you know our, our our test matrix really designed to you know based on real world helmet or equestrian falls here's the test protocol um on what those energies what the locations and how best to replicate those in the lab and you know we're measuring again 
this is the biggest change is not only linear, but rotational head accelerations. And so we have a bivariate risk function, right? So both linear and rotational goes into our risk function. So the helmets that better reduce both linear and rotational head accelerations get better star scores and get better ratings. Because um, obviously, you know, the less you move your head, the less risk you have, right? And these, every time you hit your head, there's linear and rotational movement. You know, you have X, Y, Z as far as linear, but then you have rotations about all those X, Y, and Z, for example. So you can nod your head forward and back. Well, that's rotation on maybe the X axis, if that's what you labeled it. You can move your head side to side, right? So that'd be rotation on the other axis. And then you can turn your head left and right. So those are all rotations about those axes. So there's lots of degrees of freedom. And for any given impact, you probably most likely have both linear and rotational head movements. And you want to minimize those. Um, so that, that's the critical new piece that people, you know, as the helmet performs, you know, it may reduce um, linear acceleration, but, you know, maybe the rotational acceleration went up because energy has to go somewhere. And so it, it gets kind of tricky um, when you're developing a helmet. Like, how do I reduce both simultaneously? And so... So that's, that's, this is the next phase of a helmet advancement, and you know, we've seen this in football. The football helmets are fantastic as far as how they mitigate both linear and rotational energy. Um, there's lots of materials out there that are different than you know, your standard EPS material that are commonly found in bike helmets, snow sport helmets, and equestrian helmets. So um, yeah, the future is going to be interesting and fun to watch. And you know, those helmets football get helmet face guards would help with getting kicked in the face, too. Uh, that would be good i think yeah <laughs> yeah people always ask me they say well barry hey if I, if I was if you knew you're gonna fall off a horse what would you wear i'd say well i'd, I'd put on a football helmet i'd put <laughs> yeah. on a probably yeah. a vice helmet or a shut f7 with a full face mask of course because <laughs> those helmets are fantastic in how they mitigate energy but they're five pounds yeah and they're and they're bigger but more padding is generally better so maybe this is another you know wake-up call for the equestrian world is that you know fashion and how you look aren't so important oh, when it comes to that, safety You tell safety that to protection. the hunter judges out there. Yeah, we'll see yeah, how that goes. So, we'll see how that goes. So, <laughs> you know, a, a little extra padding. So if the helmet's got a little bit bigger, boy, a little extra padding goes a long way, especially if, you know, some of these newer materials are incorporated in the helmet. So I think there's lots of opportunity for improvement. Um, again, your helmets are safe. They're keeping you um, safe from catastrophic injury at this point in time, and that's really important. That's the most important piece. But now, hey, can we start actually looking at advancements in helmet performance? And I think you'll see some great improvements in the next you know, year or two as helmet companies start you know, working with us on prototypes, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, we've seen it in all the other industries, that sports we cover for our ratings, and uh, we have no doubt it's going to happen here with the Equestrian because you know, they're very similar to bike and snow sport helmets. One other question. Um, this came from a bunch of listeners. We've been preaching for years on this show, and, and I've been preaching for years that if you crash in your helmet, I mean, you take a spill and you hit your head, uh, that you either need to get that helmet x-rayed or get a new helmet. Um, how, how do you guys feel about that that preaching that we've all been doing for years? Well, that's pretty much true, because if there's any deformation you know, these helmets, the way this EPS, which most of the helmets are made out of, it's designed to crack, crush, crumble, and break, just like the crumple zone in your car, and that's how it attenuates energy. So if it does have a crack or, you know, crumbles or whatever, some sort of deformation, it may not perform as it was once designed to. So, you know, if it's any impact of, you know, significant severity, there could be damage to your helmet. So 
yeah, optimally you should probably get a new helmet. But you know, if you just drop it off the chair, or, you know, and it, you know, a very you know, something bump your head, that's probably not going to deform the helmet and sh- structurally, right? So if there's any structural damage, you should probably think about upgrading your helmet. All right, and then well, that's the follow-up question to that is the number of years the helmet. We've always said five to six years. You should replace your helmet because the foam degrades and all of that. Do have you guys found that to be true? Well, we don't Haven't typically test. Yeah. yeah, we don't. Yeah, because it's so hard to control for environmental conditions. Right. You know, so maybe your helmet's only one year old, but you keep it in the back of your car and you live in Arizona. You know, the heat in that car would probably change how that foam degrades over time. Um, but, you know, three to five years seems reasonable. Uh, I think that's what most of the manufacturers say. And so we just don't know how, you know, how much it degrades or the performance. Again, that's really hard to standardize. So uh, we don't really measure that. Okay. Um, All right. I, yeah. yeah. I just, so, um, I, but, you know, know the, te- the technology is going to be improving. So moving forward here, you're probably going to think about, hey, you know what? I don't need a helmet just yet, but let me wait a year or two. And I think you're going to see some helmet advancements, and then you're going to say, "Yeah, maybe it's I, you know, I ride a lot, so you know, I'm a heavy rider, so let's let's think about upgrading my helmet." Well, uh, having a lot of friends and my wife who's banged her head several times, I hope that they do. I hope that they continue to improve, and and we we we're all a little safer because of it. Thank you, Dr. Miller, for joining us. We really appreciate it. I know you're doing a hundred interviews, but uh, this I'll also make sure that the retailers uh, get this interview so that they can answer questions when their customers come in as well. Yep, and we're happy to answer you know additional questions. You can always reach out to me. Um, happy to do so. Yeah, the, the more information, the more accurate information we can share with you and you can share with the, all the riders out there, it makes it, it better and uh, people will be better informed and make choices accordingly. So, But thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, ha- we're excited for your industry. Well, thank you very much. And we'll put a link in our show notes to your study directly to it. Uh, we appreciate you and uh, you have a good holiday. All right. Thanks. You too. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Commercial feeds are fortified with nutrients such as proteins, vitamins, and minerals. They are made up of a variety of ingredients that provide a particular amount of energy. Most feeds have been designed to address the needs of a certain type of horse. It is important to understand that all feeds are formulated by nutritionists to be fed in specific amounts. When the correct amount of feed is provided, the horse consumes the appropriate amount of energy and nutrients. The feeding directions included on the feed bag or the feed tag are specific to the particular feed and should be followed. When you feed less than the recommended amount of feed, your horse is not getting the full complement of nutrients that he or she may need. On the other hand, too much of a good thing can also be bad. The overfeeding of concentrates can lead to grain overload and oversupplementation, and feed should never be cut or mixed with other fortified feeds or plain grains because this changes the nutrient profile and can cause imbalances in energy, protein, vitamins, and minerals. If you need to include additional supplements in your horse's diet, choose products that are formulated to complement, not compete with fortified feeds. If you feed a plain grain such as oats, additional fortification may be necessary. Kentucky Performance Products supplements are specifically designed to complement, not compete with the modern concentrates used by today's horse owners. 
Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities using stringent quality control guidelines. So choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to them. Learn more about Kentucky Performance Products supplements at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, next up, we have Natasha on with us. She was referred by one of our auditors, and she is from Show Me Riders Horse Club of Kansas City. And I want to talk to them about the really cool holiday things. You know, we there's a lot of bad things that happen in the horse world, but we like to focus on the good things that happen. And Natasha, you're one of the good things. Well, thank you so much. That makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what is Show Me Riders Horse Club of Kansas City? Uh, Show Me Riders Horse Club of Kansas City is a nonprofit. We started, um, I think we were just a group of people, moms with our kids and and friends of friends at, that rode together socially and just really started recognizing the impact that us riding together had on the people that we would pass and that we would encounter on rides or on parades because we would ride our horses everywhere. <laughs> Just we were riding horses. And so um it was like, wow, like if we could like create something that shows um that like creates more of an impact and is more deliberate and intentional, like what what could happen? And so uh, we created Show Me Riders Horse Club. The very first thing we did was um one Thanksgiving, we had like created a bunch of made a bunch of extra pies and desserts and fruit baskets. And after Thanksgiving, just went and passed them out to like our neighborhood and our community. Um, like, hey, we know we ride sometimes by you getting to our trails and things. Just saying, you know, hey, happy Thanksgiving and being kind. And then that Christmas, uh, one of our co-founders was like, you know, I think if we got like this horse drawn sleigh and we went and passed out like warm weather items in the neighborhood in the city, that would be really cool. We were like, yeah, that, that'd be cool. And that's kind of how we all started our organization and then came full circle to what horses for the holidays is. So before we get to that, I want to ask you, where do you have your horse? I don't, I've never been to Kansas City. I think, I think we're actually going this year. So where do you keep the horses? Is it in the city, outside the city? So uh, Kansas City is a, has a huge horse culture. It's a huge, huge horse town. Um, it used to be. We are growing up from, and I think growing out of our cow town roots um, into a, a more major metropolis. But um, there are pockets in the city that we could keep a horse where there are homes with, you know, acreage. We actually keep our horses at our house um, in a suburb of Kansas City called Grandview. About, um, I would say, 20 minutes from our downtown. And tell us about your horse. Um, so I actually am kind of in between my own personal horse right now. My horse, um, I had to put her down last, my personal horse, I had to put her down last year. So um, I'm kind of leasing, carrying, <laughs> borrowing a horse while I recover 
from an injury, non-horse related, um, but I will be writing Legacy and she is awesome. Uh, she reminds me of like a Barbie pony. <laughs> like, like Barbie dream I, horse. Yes, like she is the Barbie dream horse. Like I love her. <laughs> I use that description all the time. My assistant, she's I, got a horse and I'm like, you got a Barbie dream horse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Legacy is the Barbie dream horse. She, I, I typically, uh, my preference, I ride quarter horse. But uh, Legacy is an Arab cross, and so that's fun sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and other times. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, she is. She's also a lot smaller um, than my horse was, so sometimes I don't. I don't think I recognize. Like, wow, I'm not as sore in the hip area from having to straddle a dinosaur um <laughs> because legacy is the barbie dream horse so she's a little more petite so uh but yeah i'm i'm looking kind of but i haven't started searching for my new best friend but i have some traits in mind that i'm looking for that's terrific well uh, <laughs> let's talk about horses for the holidays uh, what is that what is that that you guys do um, horses for the holidays is, um, it is like the ultimate gift giving because it's so unique. Uh, we started with the horse drawn wagon and, um, our club members like, Hey, we're going to go and pass out Christmas presents. Do you want to come? And we started, uh, the plan was to do it before Christmas because, you know, we know everyone wants to have their Christmas to, you know, be with their families. But this particular year, it snowed and iced like every day for like a week and a half. And then miraculously, it looked like it would be clear on Christmas. And so we were like, forget it. Christmas Day it is. Let's just do it on Christmas Day. And like the magic that it had for us and the people that we passed, like, I think everybody was crying. <laughs> we, I look around and people would be like wiping tears away. Like, this is just so beautiful. And it's like, we're doing this every year, guys. Like we have to. And so 10 years later, we have been doing horses for the holidays in a different neighborhood here in Kansas City. Uh, we particularly pick, we generally pick a city or excuse me, a neighborhood in our urban core. Um, and we started with like hats and scarves and gloves and, for like maybe 50 or 100 people. And now I would say we have two trailers, um, a sleigh, about 20 riders. Uh, we average probably 500 to 750 toys. Wow. Um, and then we have like laundry baskets that are stuffed with um, household items, laundry soap, soap, dish soap, things like that. Um, we have boxes that, um, we get donated that have like 25 pounds of food in them each. And so while we don't, I, I feel sometimes like I don't want to have this be something that is like drive by charity or an assumption, but like more, everybody can use these items. Like this is just, we want to be a good cheer. It's Christmas. Some people will only open their eyes on Christmas day. So if we can be there to be like, hey, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And, you know, people love you 
and it's the best time of the year. So, so that's just kind of what it is. This is so cool. Do you guys do a? You said you do a different neighborhood. Do they know you're coming? No, they do not know we're coming. That's part of. I feel like that's part of the allure and the mystery. Um, and we're doing something different this year. I don't really want to release it. Well, I'm going to release it because they won't know. <laughs> uh, we're, we're putting up like some cool signs that kind of trigger, you know, like that something is going to happen, like yard signs. Oh, you got to tease them? The corner. <laughs> yeah, they'll drop a little teaser like Santa is coming. And, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a lie because Santa is coming. They just don't know that it's like our Santa coming to their neighborhood. Well, you know, it's got to be so cool for the kids, too, because, you know, some of them don't have such great Christmases. But beyond that, the horses showing up has to be really cool. In addition to, you know, all the stuff you give away for the kids, though, seeing the horses and you guys all dressed up and, you know, you probably have bells on. So, I mean, it's all of that. It, we definitely have bells. It's, it really is amazing. I've seen, like the biggest muscly grown men like cry because they received the teddy bear from us <laughs> on, on Christmas. Like it just, I don't, I don't think that there's been a time that we have done it where we haven't found like new people to join us. Um, and I think that that is what like, the tradition that it becomes for other people's families, not just for our family. Like it's totally altered how our family does Christmas um, just personally and to see new families and new people join us each year. Like our caravan gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just feels like that increases the impact that we're able to give and create. And so it's like this, this, everybody come do this with us. It's amazing. <laughs> well, this is fantastic. What you guys are doing is, you know, it's what Christmas is supposed to be. Uh, and you get to do it with horses, which just makes yes. it extra special. I mean, it just makes Super it so special. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you guys. It's called, what, where can people find you? Is there a website? We have a website. It is the showmeriders.com, T H E show me writers.com. We are on Facebook at Show Me Writers Horse Club of Kansas City. We are on Instagram at Show Me Writers. And yeah. Well, could, come check us out. Thank you for doing what you do. I mean, you truly are Santa in those neighborhoods Aww. for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, we kind of are, you know, but it's. <laughs> It's so much more than that. Like, it really is just a magical. Some people follow us around after we've given them toys just in awe. And I love to see people, like, comment, like, when they find us on Facebook, like, hey, we we got a gift. We saw your hashtag or we followed you and you were in our neighborhood last year. It's just, it's just the best. If somebody wants to give donations so that you can get stuff, can they do it from the website? They can do that okay. on the website. All right, very good. Well, Natasha, this has been fun. Thank you so much, and, so and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you guys both, and all your listeners, thank you for having me. Are you generous and always thinking about others during the holidays? Aren't we all? Maybe this year you can make the most of the holidays and spoil yourself with a new Wintech saddle. Whether you've never owned one or you're like me and have the same Wintech for 25 years, Although I just got myself a new one. This is your year to have one under the tree. From dressage to jumping to riding your favorite trails, there's a durable, easy care Wintech saddle to suit you and your horse. If you've got a wide horse, 
They've got you covered. If you have a narrow horse, they've got you covered. The Wintech Saddles Easy Change Fit Solution means you can simply change the gullet to suit your horse's unique shape. Go ahead and give that special person in your life a hint with a link to your favorite saddle at wintech-saddles.com or head to your nearest retailer and spoil yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much uh, for Wintech for their continued support. And of course, you still have till the 15th to enter for the, the Wintech Saddle Giveaway. Horseradionetwork.com. Click on the banner at the top of the page. It's not like it's free, Glenn. It is it's, free. That would be free, yes. If you're, if you're one of the winners, if not, go buy yourself one. Give yourself a treat. I think it's time. It's Friday. And uh, nothing better than this. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is time for really bad ads. That time of the week when listeners submit ads either from Craigslist or Facebook. And, you know, we just have a little bit of fun with them. And we've been doing this for 12 years now, and we haven't run out of ads. It's amazing. <laughs> Nick, keep coming. <laughs> we normally give away prizes in this segment, and we're going to do that. But everybody that enters uh, during this month gets an entry into the saddle drawing. If you submit your own voicemail, if you record it yourself and send it in, you get two entries. And if you do it in a dialect unlike your own, which apparently Jamie's all of them, but I'm uh, so yes, talented, yes. <laughs> you get three entries. So uh, somebody's going to win their choice of WinTech saddle. I can't wait to see what they pick. Although dressage has definitely been the leader in what people want. So now their dressage saddles fifteen hundred dollars. So maybe that's why. <laughs> Um, we had some uh, that submitted that we won't have time to get to, Cynthia, uh, Michelle, Amy, and Charlotte. Uh, but the rest of these people... You guys are all in the running. Yes, the rest of these people did submit, and some of them sent their own. And we have the first one here. Hi, this is Ina Adams from Frederick, Maryland, and I have a really bad ad from Facebook from my former farrier. Do you have a kid that needs to learn a few lessons, a kid who doesn't listen, maybe a kid who's new to a farm and needs to understand respecting the farm life, or maybe just a kid who needs to learn to stand up for themselves? Well, I have just the thing for you. Meet Screech. He not only screams at 2 a.m., 4, and 6, he does all day. He will also make that kid scream in fear as he chases him. But if you want to make your kid an honest one and stay out of jail, this is a great opportunity. Not only will it teach them about respect, but also it's great endurance training. Your kid might be a D1 athlete in the future just because of Screech. So I guess the moral of this story is someone come get Screech before your kid ends up lazy and sitting on your couch till they're 30. And by kid, I mean anyone under five foot two. He will chase anyone over it. He will square up and fight like a man. Screech is, in fact, an <laughs> PM me if you're interested. We'll be at KFC if not taken by Friday. Oh. <laughs> Screech. That Just name's perfect. I love the name. <laughs> so the next ad, let me describe the picture first. This was sent in by Olivia. 
Uh, Olivia sent this one in. Okay, so... Oh, that is hot. (laughs) That is sexy. So this ad could be for either of the things we see in the picture. And what we see in the picture is a horse, a quarter horse, that's riding away from the camera, so you see the butt again. But not only do you see the butt of the quarter horse, you see the butt, and most of the rider, because the rider is wearing jeans, boots, and a bikini top. (laughs) So, so, uh, by the way, when did it become a good idea just to show the butt when selling horses? When is she going to wear her helmet? I doubt it. So I I want to know, because the first word of this ad is ginger. Um, I want to know if ginger's the horse or the rider. I'm not sure. So keep that in mind as I read this ad. Ginger is a nice red roan, grade quarter horse mare. 15.1 15.1 hands. I have owned her for three years. She was my... Su- now, you got to follow this sentence. Uh-huh. She was my soon-to-be ex-husband's horse. So when she wanted to play cowboy, he could sit on something that wouldn't buck him off. She's a really nice ride. One-handed broke. Stays broke even after being left for a year. No silly business. Was a youth breakaway horse, does play days, and just not a speed demon. She's 20 years old, but don't let her age fool you. Easy keeper. I see no sense in keeping her, so she's ready for her next rider. The sentence so, that got you've me. you've had her three years and you've let her sit for over a yeah, year. How many times once. have you actually ridden her? For this picture. And uh, and all we get to see is both of their butts riding away. So, in there, the sense that got me, and I had to talk. really think about. She was my soon-to-be ex-husband's horse. That means she's married to this guy, and she's going to get a divorce from him, but is going to sell his horse first. Did he ever get the horse? Or yeah, because she was his horse, but that was because she got him something that wouldn't buck him off. I don't know. <laughs> You know, last week's ads just gave us a headache, and I think it's an angry, angry wife. Okay, yes, angry. Who apparently doesn't own shirts. Um, Uh, (laughs) They're expensive. It's hot outside. Um, This one comes from Katie. Horses in West Tennessee and Western Kentucky. Facebook. Red is a 15-year-old Arabian gelding. He. Oh Lord, have mercy! No punctuation in the whole thing. Red is a 15-year-old Arabian gelding. He is 14 one hands. He play day barrel horse. I have took him to the horse shows, does barrel racing and trail riding and jumping. Kid broke up to date. He has good ground manners and good with other horse and like dog and don't not buck kick or rare up or bite. I want him to go to an ever home. He stuff. He good with the Farrier, he does ride bride lest easy to catch. That was a tough one. Easy to, to read. catch, not easy to read. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough one. You know, I just looked up do they sell phones with no punctuation in the keyboard? And, you know, amazingly, all phones have punctuation. They in the don't keyboard. sell it in that, Glenn. You have to remove it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you just get it, you pull that period right off. <laughs> Gone. Do they not have spell check on their phones? You know, Jennifer said something this morning that I had never thought about. She said posting these ads and copying and pasting them in here is hard because the spell checker wants to correct everything. I mean, it will tell you you need to correct it, <laughs> even on your desktop. So she said she has to turn off the spell checker to do this. Otherwise, it keeps wanting to fix it. <laughs> so I, I love a Bradlist horse. <laughs> right. That's good manners, though. 
really yes. does. Yeah. Uh, Aaron sent this in. This is quite a deal. <laughs> I've seen this happen before, and I'm like, I just want to call and be like, did anybody buy that? I think this was posted by the husband. Um, Aaron sent this one in. It's Everything Horse Vermont is the Facebook page. Mystery box full of horse stuff. Need gone as soon as possible. Send me offers located in Amherst, Massachusetts. And there's a picture of a box that says mystery box on it. Do you see how much it is? Does it say? Yeah. Look down. $300. $300. I didn't see that. I'm going to give you $300 for, <laughs> for Lord oh, knows what. What is this? Like, let's I, make a deal. Do I you think... want the boxer curtain number two? This is a divorce or soon to be divorce where the husband went, I don't know what all this crap is. She's laid it around the house forever. I'm just going to sell it. And my he didn't wife, know what to her put. Her name is Ginger. She sold my horse, put him <laughs> on right. Craigslist. He got, she got the horse. He got the crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's got to sell the horse. That's why she didn't have a shirt on. She's selling it in the box. You can find a shirt. <laughs> we, yeah, well, I do boxes of crap, too. So maybe, maybe I have no room to talk. But yeah, I'm charged $300. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite figure the next thing out. Um, it's our... Well, I'd say it's our horse trailer of the week, except it isn't. What? What the? What? I know. So this is. I'm not going to say the price till the end. It's the title is stock slash horse crate. Three bay horse crate. Three bay crate. Integrated floor covered with rubber matting, fitted with sliding stock door and rear ramp, ready for infill. I don't know what that means. Unfinished project that has surplus to requirements. Open to reasonable offers. That's a sign. I, I don't know what to do with that sentence. Unfinished, unfinished product that has sur, that is surplus to requirements. I have no idea what that means. So what this is, is a very large crate that it looks like you would put... No, you know what it looks like? A rusty version of the crates they used in for the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's exactly a, what it looks like. You sell like. it as a movie prop. <laughs> it looks. It doesn't have wheels. It literally is a very large metal crate with metal bars and metal everything. Uh, that I don't know why you would need it. Um, this is how they transported giraffes back in Africa uh, when they were releasing lions? them back to the this wild. This thing would hold it's, a lion or a bear. <laughs> okay, it looks like like um. What it's a, a it's a rusty car? and it's white and it's like got the, the bottom, but then the top is like four inch by four inch grates and it goes along the top there grates as well. And it looks like there's like a front slide where you'd like let the lion out of the cage kind of thing. Like super weird. I know I've never heard of um or needed a horse crate. I, it definitely <laughs> looks like something inside, that came from a zoo. <laughs> there's just garbage. Yeah. So, how much would you pay for this piece of uh, history? Nothing. You'd have to pay me to take it. <laughs> they want $5,500. Oh, dear God. <laughs> for an unfinished project that is surplus to requirements. I don't even know what it is. Like, I can't even describe it. That I don't even weird. think you'd get $5,500 for the scrap metal. You so. <laughs> almost have to post that. We can't post it on our Horses in the Morning regular Facebook page. Because if we post things like this on that page, somebody will inevitably try to buy it. So we have to post well, it on the Facebook auditor's page. You know, I imagine people who own dinosaurs are probably wealthy and they would pay that for this. I, I would imagine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Becca okay. sent the next one in. 
Good morning. Morning, Becca. Glenn and Jamie. I have a really bad ad. Um, I have three horses available. Very reasonable. Happy Hefflinger, Cinder, 14-1, hands. Haven't rode her. Just been too busy. Get her now while she's cheap before I start working with her. Was mm-hmm. told she's was mid-teens. Very, very sweet mayor. Not spooky. Standard bread, Buck, 15-3, hands, 21 years old. Very healthy and alive. Well, hello. <laughs> Good luck getting him to trot under saddle, though. He likes to just walk along. Would make a good traveler's or kid's horse. Such a pretty boy. Not spooky. Pink pony. Gigi. 12-2, 12-3 hands. Such a sweet girl. Needs some weight and love. She is completely blind, but gets around fine. Not spooky. I don't know her riding history. She is either pregnant or just had a baby. Her teats are very swollen. I will be picky where she goes. Zanesville, Ohio. All horses up to date on shots and dewormed. Goodness gracious. (laughs) Does dealer come to mind? (laughs) Dealers are the ones who always say, they're cheap now until I start working with them. Then they're going to be expensive. Get it now. Uh, it's such a line and like, uh, you know what? I would rather you not work with her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can I pay you to not work with her? Oh my gosh. You have the next one. Casey sent this one in. Okay. Um, kids pony one. Oh wait, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Casey sent this one in. This is from Horses, Ponies, Mules of Illinois. Looking for broke gelding mare, fine to under 20 years old, no shorter than 15. What did I just read? My range is in the hundreds. I am open to anything. Send me a PM located in Clinton, Illinois, no more the three hours away. What the heck? That is a bad ad. Well I, done, Casey. I think the gelding mares are hard to find. I love gelding mares. <laughs> They're my favorites. They're very rare, though. I think you're yeah. going to have to pay more than hundreds to get one of those. Well, they, their price range is wide open. They have, like, you know, it's in the hundreds. It's like a hundred. Um, and then Danielle sent this one in. Kids pony, $1,000. And there's a picture of a stinking cute little mini with a giant western saddle on it. of course it's the butt <laughs> why do we not take pictures of the faces anymore don't people know that if you look at the face that's what sells the horse <laughs> somebody's just asking me on how we need to do a segment on how to buy a horse let me tell you how not to walk up to it and look at its face so if you're a seller in turn then show a picture of it its face, and then you'll sell it. Kids Pony, $1,000. Cinderella is an 11-year-old mayor. Ben, at, why does nobody have punctuation today? <laughs> it's hurting my brain. Cinderella is an 11-year-old mayor, M-A-Y-O-R. Been at the same family for seven years. I sold her to them seven years for the grandkids. Let the grandkids do what they want. She is very cute. She has a long mane. That reaches her knees. She is 34 inches tall call. <laughs> <laughs> Dealer. <laughs> I don't even I'm a moron. <laughs> she is cute though from the butt. I don't know about the face. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Lori sent me this one in. 
And of all things, ponies, you definitely want their face. Oh, this is Hi, good morning. It's Laureen Barden, and I'm going to read a really bad ad. Yay. And this is a Craigslist, Tennessee ad, and it's titled Horse $1,200. Mare walking horse paint, good color, around 15 hand, and hand is spelled out H-A-N-D. So good color, around 15 hand, one blue eye. She need to be tuned up and been rode in a few years, has a new set of shoes on all four. And then in all caps, it says, will not send co-eds. Don't ask. And that's it. That's the whole ad. Thanks for listening. Bye. I, I personally want a co-ed when I buy a horse. I think that should come as a package. I don't myself. even know what that means. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, co-ed is usually a, a pretty girl from college or something, you know. So mm-hmm. I want one of those when I buy a horse. I Apparently this guy or woman is not sending those along. You don't get one. No, I don't Just get the my horse. co-ed. <laughs> I don't even know what they're talking about. But what were they trying to talk I about? Don't, I, don't I mean, I'm, I know what a co-ed is. And it's just <laughs> I, t- I don't know. Lorene, can you explain it to us? Maybe from New York you understand that. I don't know. She's Jersey, Glenn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I keep getting that wrong. Shelly sent this one in. It's our last one of the day. A black yearling colt, $800 in Polden. Can you look up where Polden is, please? Oh. I have a great black yearling gelding. He is... Oh, no punctuation. What is it with today? I have a great black yearling gelding. He is gentle and halter broke, stands tied to his dam, was so a row ranch mare. He is stout yearling. He will make awesome workhorse or trail riding horse. And the only reason his horse is up for sale is my wife is pissed off that I bought another horse. Otherwise, he would not be going anywhere. I will trade for things that don't eat. <laughs> Call it text. This is in Arizona, by the way. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> um, It stands tied to his dam. Damn. <laughs> Apparently, what? Apparently, they're attached. <laughs> He'll make a itch. walk of hell. <laughs> There's so much wrong with this. I love that the wife, wife is pissed off. We have a lot of uh, uh, marital problems on today's Punctuation <laughs> and divorce is the yes. theme of today. Of today. <laughs> and this is uh, this is different because it's usually the women getting another horse and the guys pissed off. So we had a we had a switched it up today. Thank you all for sending in such good ads today. We really appreciate it, uh, even though I don't think we understood any of them. But that's the idea. That's why they're um, bad ads. Just so you know, I got to end with something in Oklahoma. <clears throat> okay. uh, because I just was, you know, as I do, perusing Craigslist ads. And uh, this one is, uh, the title is very descriptive. This is in Luther, Oklahoma. And the title is Horse. <laughs> Which, of course, <laughs> made me click on it. Yeah. And? Palomino Gelding, 18 years old. She's been wormed in the last couple months. <laughs> Not sure. That's bought it? From, bought from my daughter, a oh. beginner rider, and she ain't ready for him. <laughs> <laughs> he has a pretty good disposition. Easy to catch. And then the then they uh, you can post prices on Craigslist. I don't know why they Four zero five two. Oh, that, that might be their phone number. I don't know. 
I don't know, Laura. And it's a picture of a girl sitting on this Palomino gelding mare, uh, another one with a halter, red halter. And there's like a maybe a lead rope like attached to the bottom. And the horse is you can see all of its ribs and its head is straight up in the air with the ears back. Oh, that's and a good I'm sale thinking, picture. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking probably what happened is that moments after this, this horse, because it looks fairly angry, bucked her off and they're like, you gotta get rid of it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so proud. Welcome to Oklahoma. Yeah. Horse. <laughs> Well, that's it for today. Auditors, you can hang on. We're going to talk about the most popular Google searches for 2022. We do this every year. We're going to do it again today. I'm going to make Jamie guess what uh, what the winners are here. Bring it on. Uh, and you guys can guess at home, too. We'll be back next week with a full week of shows. And thank you for joining us this week. Have a terrific holiday weekend. We hope you get to ride your horse. And if it's too snowy, we hope you get to sit around the Christmas tree, one or the other. Spay, neuter, guilt. I posted a picture of my buckle. Did you see it? I did. It looks really cool. It does. It is cool, isn't it? You did a great job. Hey, if you got a, a dog you need a neuter, speaking of, get a basset hound. He didn't care. <laughs> I mean, not a care. <laughs>